Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to The Other Connor Podcast, a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your host, Connor Halley. Hello, Oilers fans. Thank you once again for tuning in to The Other Connor Podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Connor Halley. Make sure to give me a follow on Twitter at Connor Halley. Quick shout out to our sponsor, DraftKings. You're going to sign up today for some fun daily fantasy sports. Make sure to use promo code THPN. It helps you out with a lot of uh, a lot of different ways. Lots of ways to have fun with DraftKings. I'll tell you a little bit more about that later on in the show. But uh, first things first, happy holidays, everyone. Uh, we've had about, I don't know, a week and a half since I last spoke to you here on the podcast. Uh, the Oilers took a little Christmas break. I thought I might as well also. The bad news, since the Oilers took a break, not a whole lot has changed. Of course, uh, heading into that break, losing hockey games, there was issues with COVID, and now we're back and the Oilers still losing hockey games. Connor McDavid and Derek Ryan potentially missing the game on Wednesday due to COVID. So, uh, you know, a little time has passed, but not too much has changed uh, for the Edmonton Oilers. Just a road trip from hell so far. Of course, uh, they started it out in St. Louis, falling four to two. Then they went to Jersey on a New Year's Eve. They lost in overtime six to five. Continued on to the island where they fell to the Islanders three to two. And then on Monday night, a big bad performance against the New York Rangers, losing four to one. They now turn their attention to the Toronto Maple Leafs. On Wednesday, it's a 5 o'clock puck drop. If you're looking for some pregame coverage, tune into TSN 1260 starting at 4. Gazzola, Cassie, and Gregor Strutty, myself. There'll be a crowded room as we talk about the Oilers as they approach uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, the status for Austin Matthews we're still unsure about. But, yeah, like I said, a bit of a tough stretch for the Edmonton Oilers right now. We're hearing reports that uh, no plans for a coaching change Either Ken Holland has never fired a coach midway through a season. So for those of you who are on the fire Dave Tippett bandwagon, uh, I don't know if it's going to happen. If it does happen, though, this may be an opportune time. Of course, uh, with the issues with the border, the NHL has postponed a bunch of games. So after the game on Wednesday, the Oilers will be off until next Monday when they take on the Ottawa Senators. And then they're off for another week in a bit. Their next action coming on the 18th when they'll take on the Chicago Blackhawks. So, you know, if you did want to make a coaching change and bring someone new in, there is a two-week stretch where you'd have a lot of practice time and opportunity to make those changes. We'll see what happens. 
with the Edmonton Oilers, though, of course, uh, you guys are all pretty well dialed in. So you'll know if anything happens probably before we do on this podcast. Uh, we got a great show coming up for you. Let's get right into it. We're going to talk to Hernan Salas of TSN 1260. You can catch him on the Don Wheaton on White post-game shows. He's also a part of the Lowdown with Low Tide Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. until noon. He's on Two Guys and a Goalie, Locked on Oilers, on Twitter at Hernan Demand. Hernan, thanks a lot for doing this today, my friend. How are you doing? Good, buddy. How about you? Back, huh? back, back at it, eh? Back at work. Yeah, yeah. Back at it for uh, TSN 1260. Back at it on the podcast. Uh, we took a little bit of time off here. Of course, you know the Oilers had an extended break, so I thought I might as well do the same. And uh, it hasn't got much better. Like uh, the last time I had the podcast, they were they were losing games. There was issues with COVID. And flash forward, like what two weeks now, they're still losing games. There's the potential that Connor McDavid and Derek Ryan will miss the uh, Wednesday night game against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Right now in oil country, there's really not a whole lot good going on. Uh, is there anything you can think of that we can be positive about right now, Hernan? No, oh, no, man. It's. Uh... <laughs> It's pretty bad, and it's 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 sad to see because like you feel for the fans that have been through so much of this organization, and then I mean it's it just seems like like I I'll be honest, I didn't see this coming this year. Like maybe the orders weren't the best team out there, but I mean like when you're looking at it as a whole, and you're like, how's this team this bad still? Because um, it's not a rut anymore, Connor. Like let's be honest, this is. This is uh, this is this is their team right now. Like uh, good teams don't win two out of twelve games, so um, it's concerning, man. I mean, what else can you say? And now they lose their captain, and oh boy, I don't even. I I'll do my podcast today, and I was like, I don't even know where to begin, man. Yeah, like, like I don't, Connor. Like, what do you like? There's so many issues with this team that I it's just. It's troublesome right now. It's worrisome. Yeah, you know what? Like, I I think you just go back to like even the start of December. You know, they lose to the Kraken, they lose to the Kings, they lose to the Wild, they lose to the Bruins, they lose to Carolina, and you know, I feel like after all those games, we kind of said like, well, you know what? The good teams, they they don't let the the losses pile up. They don't let it snowball. And the Edmonton Oilers let it snowball, and and nothing seems to have worked. There there hasn't been a quick fix. Um, yeah. You know, I think there were some of us that were trying to be optimistic and think that, you know, maybe, just maybe, when Mike Smith comes back, that'll be something that can help this team. And, you know, his ability between the pipes, but also his presence could go a long way. And just none of it's really worked out well. Uh, uh, Hernan, I don't know if you heard, you know, the reports, Darren Drager saying that the Oilers very likely to keep the coaching staff in place, and that would be right on par for Ken Holland, who's never fired a head coach uh, mid-season. So obviously he likes to keep things kind of status quo as things are going. Uh, when you hear that, are you surprised at all, or did you kind of just expect that Tippett would be uh, retained for the remainder of this season, kind of no matter what happens? Yeah, I, that doesn't surprise me, to be honest with you. I, I kind of was talking with, like, earlier and I just said like you know like Kenny Holland's not going to make a, a coaching change he's just not the way he goes about his business and then um, on top of it like there's a built in excuse for Dave Tippett now right there's uh, you know uh, he lost all of his attention and now he's all with Nuge and his captain so 
Yeah, I, I'm not surprised by that. And, and, and if it's Drager reporting it, you know, there's a lot of truth to that. And that's disappointing because, I mean, this team needs a jolt. I, I don't see a trade because the trade is uh, very hard for the team because they have no money. They really don't have a lot of intriguing assets. So it's like, what do you do, right? Like, what do you do? So I, 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 I mean, the fans are probably very annoyed with that, and uh, I understand it, but it's it's what they expected. I, I don't see them making a coaching change, even if they lose tomorrow, because tomorrow, Connor, they're going to be like, well, they didn't have their captain. They didn't have this. They didn't have that. So I get it. I get it. I don't agree with it wholeheartedly, but Connor, like, this is the thing, though, right? And it's hard because it's like everybody's complaining about how bad the roster is, right, what Ken Holland did. So, okay, so if you bring in a new coach and the roster's still the same, I mean, like, are things going to change that much? Well, that's like, the I, question, right? Yeah, like, you can't have it both ways. Like, it's, I mean, is, is the new coach going to make Koskin in a better goaltender? Uh, the new coach going to make his defense continually gift-wrapping gold stop? Like, I I don't know, but I understand why fans want these hitting gone and because it's the easiest move and the team needs a, a shot in the arm and I get all that, but, I mean, if the roster's flawed, then I, you can go out and get the best coach in the world and it might not turn this team around because it's still a risk and there's no guarantee any coach changes yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of the old saying in sports, right? Easier to fire the coach than the team. And and you, you would yeah. hope that it might provide a little bit of a spark. We've seen it with the Vancouver Canucks. But, I mean, the the one thing that, that's been really frustrating for me, and I, I'm going to ask you this question. It was something that Tom and I talked about uh, on the pregame show on Monday. Like, the, the one thing that's pissed me off the most, just, you know, being someone who, who grew up cheering for this team and, you know, we, we try to be impartial working in the media, but... You know, I, I still have a lot of good friends and family that love this team so much, and you're watching yeah. it, and it's like they don't give a damn. Like it, it oh. just seems like they're content with going out there, you know, giving it that that half effort and collecting their paychecks. And I, I was talking to Struddy, a guy who made an NHL career out of hard work, right? Like one of the hardest workers, uh, you know always wanted to be the guy who didn't let his teammates down, and that's like a trait that the Oilers just don't have, and that, to me, is one of the most frustrating things about this stretch. They, they, they've they got guys in their bottom six who could go out there and try to make an impact. Like If someone was out there flying around, hitting everything that moved, you'd become a fan favorite right now because you'd be the only yeah. guy doing something out there, and the Oilers still don't have that. So to me, that's the most frustrating thing about this uh this long stretch of the struggles for you. Is there anything like that that stands out that just kind of ticks you off? I'm with you, man. Like, and then, but it starts with there's no accountability on this team. Like, I, when's the last time a guy got benched that wasn't a, a rookie playing in his first game? Like, everybody's just fine with it. Like, why isn't Skinner off? Like, your Dave Tippett was getting Mince's words last night talking about Miko Koskinen. Miko, this is Miko Koskinen, and he's not improving. But yet, you want to continue to roll with him and Mike Smith. Like, it's, where's the accountability? Where's the, the the guys that consistently give the puck away? Tyson Berry, Claire Cuckoo. It's like, no, keep playing. Then what the hell? We'll get through this. Like, I, I, I it bothers me. And then yesterday, I got chirped on Twitter by by some saying like. Well, you really want Darnell Nurse fighting? Well, no, but why not? 
I mean, we've seen it with other teams. I, I mean, we, you're not dropping the glove. You're not doing anything else either. Like, and it doesn't have to be a fight, Connor. Like, you're getting your butt kicked. You're, you're losing on the regular. You're giving up the first goal almost in every game. And there's not a face wash. There's not a scrum. There's not a slash. Or how about this, Connor? Crash the net. I don't know. Piss off the other team. Like, when's the last time the Oilers initiated that? When's the last time the Oilers were the team pissing off the other team? They're, they're a soft team. They're built soft. Because outside of Nurse and Cassian, who's physical on this team, Colin? Oh, yeah, man. And it, you know what? This is something we talked about on your podcast. I brought it up, uh, you know, after the Oilers' loss on New Year's Day. And I, I was watching, just kind of in the background, the Ducks and the Golden Knights play. And uh, Vegas was up three nothing, and you know just kind of tuning in to see what's going on. And and the Ducks didn't just roll over; they didn't just take it. I mean, their yeah. captain Ryan Getzlaff, a guy who really doesn't have to do these sorts of things, gets into a fight. And it wasn't much as a fight, but it was kind of just a scrum. Like I'm pissed off. I'm a leader on this team. I'm going to try to do something to fire up the boys. He would on to score a goal later on in that game. Uh, there was a couple other fights that happened, and I mean it's. You're, you're just trying to provide a spark and show some emotion. And I mean, I, I think something as simple as that would go so far for yeah. the fan base. Like, okay, you know what? We're not the only ones pissed off here. They're trying to do something to shake things up. So yeah, Darnell Nurse doesn't have to go out there and fight. But maybe someone goes out there and sticks somebody. Maybe, you know, they throw a hit. They don't just do flybys like they're prone to doing. Maybe they go to the net and, and try to wreak a little havoc. Hey, Ryan McLeod got a goal because he went to the net. It was a great pass by Tyler Benson, old backhand sauce there. Beautiful. We saw, you know, Connor McDavid drive into the net. Like, those are the little things that I think they have to continue to do to at least give us, like, the thought that, hey, maybe this team is trying to do something. It's It's pretty ridiculous and... I don't know, Hernan. Like, you and I have talked about it. We both played sports. Obviously, nowhere near professionally. But when you're not getting a good effort out of the team, I, I never once really looked at the coach and said, hey, you got to figure this out. Like, yeah, you, you want to let them know that they have to be ready. they got to go and try to, try to fire themselves up. But, you know, at the end of the day, the, the players got to do something too. And it's it just seems like when you see Edmonton on the schedule, you're weary of McDavid. You're weary of Leon Dreisaitl. But you're not scared of anyone else. There's nobody on the Oilers team right now that's going to make your night a living hell, and and that's makes them easy to play up against. And you're also at the same time like, hey, do not take a penalty. And other teams are doing it. Like we we saw it uh, what Monday night. There was a couple penalties taken, but it you know resulted to four on fours, uh, shortened power plays. Like the other teams around the NHL have kind of got it. Like if we can. You know, limit what McDavid and Dryside will do. Don't give them the power play opportunities. This Oilers team is not good. Yeah, I mean, they're soft. And, and I think Rashad said it on the morning show, they're the easy spot on the uh, bingo card. Like, you stop Connor McDavid and Leon Dryside. And don't forget, Connor, you can do whatever you want to those two guys. Yeah. There's no response. Like, Trouba laid out McDavid yesterday by the net, clean it, whatever. Yamamoto is the only one that responds. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that. Like, I, I mean, it's it's. So what do you do, right? Like, it's, this team just can't seem to get out of its own way. They, they seem okay with everything that's going on. Like, what nothing bothers me more is that you're on this losing streak. And I know the, the guys speak a lot, but you're the leaders, man. You send out Ryan McLeod, a rookie, and you send out a deaf defensive and CC to talk to the media last night. Like, it's... And now we know Connor has COVID and, and, and all that, and, and maybe that had, maybe they knew last night. Who the hell knows? But... 
I mean, at the end of the day, Connor, like this team just needs to give a crap, man. And 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 and, and I think it starts from your leaders, top to bottom, like organization wise. But if you're complacent and there's no accountability, then the players don't care. The players are like, well, we're going to continue to get paid and you know, we'll try to get out of this rut. But there's, do you see a try there? Like yesterday in that New York game, you just knew the Oilers were going to get scored on. Yeah. And once they did, you knew like there was no point, even at 2-1. And I don't care what Dave Pippett has to say, well, we were playing well. Even at 2-1, you knew they weren't tying that game. And then another weak goal. That's a killer. It's, it, it is what it is. Now, <laughs> I don't know what you do because the roster is what it is. And I said this in the summer on the Jameson show when I was when I was with Matthew on it. And I said, regardless of the roster and whatever side you're on, on uh, whether you liked or disliked what Ken Holland did, you're literally going to ride and die with his roster because they don't have any flexibility to do anything. Oh, like, yeah. This is, their, this is their roster, Connor. Like, there's no help coming in. There's no big, enormous name all of a sudden going to be traded to Edmonton. Like, this is what Kenny Holland went out and did. He thought it would, and he gambled on a lot of them, and a lot of his gambles so far are not working out. And the big one is goaltending. 40-year-old goaltender can't stay healthy. The other one is 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 exactly what he, we thought he was. He's not a very good NHL goaltender, Miko Hoskins. Yeah, yeah, Hernan. I mean, and, and that that's it, right? Like, in, in years past, you might have thought, oh, uh, so and so team has their team, but you know they've they've got draft picks or they've got cap space. They can make a move. The Edmonton Oilers, through the things that they have done, don't necessarily have that. Yeah, they they have some prospects they could trade away. They do have draft picks, yeah. but but the cap space becomes such an issue. And we know we know Ken Holland. It wasn't for lack of trying, right? There was the the Darcy Kemper offer that they were trying to make, and the Colorado Avalanche just put together a better package. But yeah, it, it was a a big leap of faith. To go forward with that roster, with the goaltending, uh, it, it, it's pretty frustrating. And you get now, like you get why people are second guessing what Holland did this off season. Uh, the Duncan Keith is going to be scrutinized uh, for sure. Uh, Connor, Connor, who, who? There, I don't know one person that liked the Duncan Keith trade. Like, and again, you can like the player. The player, well, yeah, yes. But like, I don't know anyone that was like, "Yeah, it was a good move by Kenny Holland." It was basically, if he plays well and the team wins, we'll accept it. Exactly. But you can't let him yeah. off the hook for, for not retaining any salary. Um, I mean, the the whole Warren Fogle, Ethan Bear. I, I, I know Ethan Bear has his diehard fans that aren't ever going to admit that, or not admit it, I shouldn't say that, but that will never sway from their opinion. Like, no matter what Warren Fogle does or what Ethan Bear does with Carolina, they're going to be upset about that deal. And I can see it. I mean, they, they had a guy who was... Cheaper, you know, looked like but, he was on the right way, but yeah. I mean, but, the, the deal's but, done. But Connor, and, and that's the thing. Like at the, at the time, I wasn't happy with the deal, but then I started reading and hearing about Warren Fogle, and I saw him in the first couple of weeks of the season. I'm like, hey, you know what? This guy is a player. But now on January 4th, 2022, nothing against Warren Fogle, but Warren Fogle's not a game changer. Mm-hmm. Warren Fogle's a bottom six guy who doesn't produce a lot, works his butt off, but I mean, that's about it. And Ethan Bear, who's going to be a top four guy for a lot of years in this league. A lot of years in this league. And Ethan Bear, let's not forget, we both work at TSM 1260. A lot of people wanted him gone because he was like, wasn't having a good year. So now it's like, well, now Ethan Bear is all of a sudden like, oh, that was a terrible trade. But I saw last year how much people wanted him out. No, not everyone. But when you trade a top four young defenseman for a third liner, I mean, 
it, it rarely works out. And it's not. And it's not playing against Warren Fogel. It's just Ethan Bear's a better hockey player who could have made a bigger, bigger impact on the Edmonton Oilers this year than what Fogel is doing for this team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I agree 100%. Uh, it, it, I mean... <laughs> Ken Holland took some shots this offseason. He went for it, and now, you know, like you said, I don't think there's a quick fix or anything that's going to turn this thing around uh, very quickly. Like, you just very quickly looking at the Condors uh, roster. They're, they're leading goal yeah. scorers. Seth Griffith, yeah, probably not going to be an impact player at the NHL. Cooper Marodi, Brad Malone, Adam Cracknell. Uh, I mean, the only guy who I think is in the Oilers' long-term, fans when it come, or long-term plans when it comes to the forwards would be Raphael Lavoie who is not having a good of a year as he had last year in a short stint with the team. Obviously, we've seen their defense and that have called up out of necessity, not something they wanted to do. So, yeah, I, I mean... And, and Connor, like, it's, it's, it's gotten so bad that I've seen on Twitter and stuff, like, call up Cooper Marodi and reunite the AHL line. <laughs> like, that's what the Oilers fans are asking for. Are you, are like, we're talking about Cooper Marodi, and I'll tell you this, there's no one in the AHL that's going to turn this team around. Outside of maybe Stuart Skinner, because I think Stuart Skinner is the better goaltender than the three they have right now. Well, let's go that direction, because I was going to bring it up eventually. Let's go there right now. I mean, I, I did a poll on Twitter. Just wanted to see what fans thought. Which goalie are you most confident in? Obviously, I had Mike Smith, Miko Koskin, and Stuart Skinner there. Now, a lot of people said, where is option D? None of the bu- none of the above. I had to remind them that that's not a real person. You can't. You need somebody to play between the pipes. You can't just go out there with six uh, skaters <laughs> all the time. So let's be realistic. Who do you believe in the most? And, I mean, it wasn't close. Stuart Skinner at 71%. Of the vote, and, and I don't blame them. That's where my option was. That's where I would have gone with. And at least if he lets in a bad goal, it's a goal who's developing doing so. It's not a backup who's getting paid like a starter. It's not a yeah. uh, 39-year-old guy in the NHL. It's someone who, who we expect to make those mistakes and have those speed bumps in their development. I mean, why haven't they called up Stuart Skinner and said, hey, you know what, we're not getting great goaltending anyways. Let's see how this works out. I am. I am... I am floored that we're sitting here um, and, and there hasn't been a call-up. Like, but, but Kenny Holland and, and Tippett are loyal guys and they love their veterans. So I, I, like, I, I'm not, well, I shouldn't say I'm not surprised, but I mean, at this point, can you trust Michael Klaasinen? Can you trust Mike Smith? Like Mike Smith came in, played, sure. People are, well, he was rusty. Well, then go to the AHL and get some games in. Like, this team cannot afford to be losing games. And, and Mike Smith came in and gave up 10 goals in three games. Oh, so, yeah. which guy do you trust more? You probably go with Mike Smith because he's not he's not as prone to giving up weak goals like Mikko Koskinen is. But, well, Stewart, has he been, like, lights out? No, but he has his save percentage is decent. His goals against is decent. Um, the games he had lost, he didn't get a lot of support offensively. So, why not? Like, I mean, you're not winning anyway. Why not give him a call? And I'm a little thrown back by the by the by the Edmonton Oilers not calling him up. I mean, tomorrow if Mike Smith is good to go, okay, good. But if they lose, I mean, what are you doing here? Like, it's it's frustrating. And, and I, I you even have to go further than that. Like, Ken Holland took over the team three years ago, and goaltending was always an issue, and he hasn't fixed it one bit. And you know what? It, it was awesome that Mike Smith was awesome last year, but it hurt the Oilers because then Kenny Holland said, well, we'll just bring him in back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, let's give it another goal, and I think in year three, these two are really going to get it done. But it was, a, it was a risk. I think even year two was a risk, and 
Mike Smith knocked it out of the park and good on him. But, I mean, this is on Kenny Olsen. He's had three years to bring a legitimate number one goaltender, and he hasn't. And as good as Mike Smith was last year, I mean, there's better options. And, and in the playoffs, it wasn't all on him. I'm not saying it was, but I'm winning in the playoffs with this family. And, hell, you might not even make the playoffs this year. Yeah, I mean, and I'll I'll take it even a step further. I thought Mike Smith was good in the playoffs. Uh, obviously, three overtime losses, which knock you out, can't can't always put it on him. But uh, I I I just look at the Oilers' upcoming schedule, and if you're looking at it, obviously Stuart Skinner's not going to be up there on Wednesday. Uh, no. Then you don't play till Monday, and then after that, you got like another eight days off. So you're not going to bring Stuart Skinner up to play one game in two weeks, right? So they're probably not even going to bring him up for the, the game against Ottawa next Monday, and, and then you don't play again until the 18th against Chicago. So, yeah. like, he, he, obviously he's going to play with the Condors, play as much as he can, but I don't see any way that they can go forward with the two goalies that they have. Like, to me, it's obvious. No. you you got to make that jump to Seward Skinner. I mean, he... He's gone head-to-head with good goalies, right? Like, the game against the Jets, uh, he went head-to-head with Connor Hellebuck and won. Like, he he also then, uh, was it two nights later, they beat the uh, Chicago Blackhawks against Marc-Andre Fleury, I believe. Um, Like, it's not like when he's been here, he's been awful. He's been been good at times, and to me, it's just mind-boggling. And, yeah, I I agree with you, Hernan, 100%. The whole thing going back to the goalies, it's like trying to uh, fix a leak with bubble gum and then doing it over and over again and just hoping it works out because it worked last time. Yeah, and, and, and this defense, unfortunately, is not very good. Uh, they're prone to turnovers. The, the wingers, centermen, like, it's just everybody's just not playing well right now. And when you're not playing well and you give up a lot of chances, you need a goalie. You need a goalie to make to bail you out. And the Oilers rarely ever get an Oiler, uh, an Oiler a goalie that bails them out, right? Like, it, it's crazy that the Oilers need five goals to win a game, and sometimes even that's not good enough, Connor. And, and – I, I look at it where it's, 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 this team is on the verge of, of being out of a playoff spot. It might not make it. Like, that would be a devastating blow to this organization. Because we can talk about all the misery in the years, the decade of darkness, and the time after that. Missing the playoffs this year, I think, would be one of the worst in franchise history. Because the way you were trending, uh, the two stars you have that are just amazing, you're going to miss the playoffs. Now, there's a lot of hockey to be played, but nothing I've seen from the Oilers in the last month shows me that the team can turn it around. Yeah, man. It's so ridiculous. I, I just brought it up here. McDavid leads the league in points, 53. Leon tries that all 52. Ovi, 50. And then it's a bit of a drop-off to Jonathan Huberto with 41, who, you know, guy's yeah. playing very well. Uh, I watched him in the game against Calgary on Tuesday night, and he's just getting punched in the face after a goal. He just takes it. A uh, big fan of Jonathan Huberdeau there. But, yeah, like they've got two of the most prolific scorers in the NHL or the two most prolific scorers in the NHL. And yet you go back and, you you know, you look at the last few games against the Rangers, they score one goal. Against the Islanders, they score two goals. Uh, Devils, obviously, they had five. But before that, uh, against the St. Louis Blues, only scoring two goals. So just a, a lot of things going wrong. I mean, I, I don't think... And as much as they want to say, like, we're doing the little things right, we're doing things okay, I don't feel like they've played a good game since Seattle going back to December 18th. And that was a – COVID was an issue for a team. You had guys just battling out there, doing the little things. Like, if I'm Dave Tippett, I mean, that that's kind of the game I look back at and say, hey, guys, 
let's be real right now. This is what we have to do if we want to win hockey games. We've got to do these little stupid things, win battles, go to the dangerous areas, and play with some intensity. And, 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 and that was their most complete game of the season. Yeah. Like, go back to the Rangers game that they won here when they gave it Madison. Like, they needed six. Look at the, the Anaheim Duck game uh, when Mike Smith got hurt early on the season. They needed six. Like, this is not a team that's been playing well. Now, they play and their PK helped them, but now their PK is awful. They're giving up a goal a game. Uh, the power play, they don't generate enough. They don't work hard enough. And when they do get it, they're scoring. So there's just so much going wrong with this team right now, Connor. Like, it's it's it's, it's not one thing, it's the other. And this team eventually uh, – I, like, I was doing my podcast earlier, and I, I you don't even know where to begin or, or, or anything, Connor. Like, and, and that Seattle game, why did they win that game? Because they knew they were short. They knew they had two AHL guys that are not NHLers, and they worked their butts off. And, and 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 that's the kind of game you need. Like that was the most complete game, and that's sad to say, because half because some of their main guys weren't there. I don't think Captain makes an impact tomorrow. That guy's just as inconsistent as the team is. Hockey fans, drafting Sportsbook, an official sports bidding partner of the NHL, is a no-brainer offer that will make you a winner once any shot gets past the goalie. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores. The NHL got rid of ties in 2005, so you know someone is going to light the lamp. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, no worries. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Throw down $1 on any NHL game and win 100 in free bets. If either team scores a goal, that's promo code THPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now, more with Hernan Salas of TSN 1260. Yeah, Hernan, uh, I mean, you mentioned Cassian there, and, and that, I mean, that doesn't, that doesn't fire me up. I mean, yeah, if he comes out here and flies <laughs> around, and, you know, it's funny, because people are like, he needs fans back. Well, there's not going to be fans in the game, or at the game in Toronto, so I guess, I mean, do we just pencil him in as a a low-impact player. Uh, we'll wait and see what happens with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Of course, uh, Austin Matthews, as of right now, we're unto- unsure about what's going to happen with him in the lineup. Uh, Hernan, this is a question that I, I put out on Twitter last night, and uh, or sorry, earlier today, and okay. I, I just wanted to have a little bit of fun. And I, I feel like I kind of feel bad because some people are like, you're kind of trolling right now, and maybe I am. But when you look back at the James Neal Milan Lucic trade, a couple of years ago, I remember when it happened. I was heading to yeah. a stag. Uh, we were going houseboating, and we had no reception. We got through the mountains. I looked down, and my phone's blowing up. They're like, holy cow, Ken Holland did it. He traded them along Lucic contract. Yeah. He, he brought in James Neal. This is fantastic. And, you know, that, that year, hey, it looked really good for Holland and the Oilers. Looking back at it now, now I, I know you know the contract was bought out, and uh, James Neal will be on the books. Uh, I think one point nine million dollars through the twenty twenty four twenty twenty five season, but he's not with the team anymore. Milan Lucic down there with the Flames, who are playing good hockey right now. Who won that trade? As we look back at it a couple of years later, well, I think it has to be Calgary. Uh, Milan Lucic has eight goals. He plays a big role for them. He's a tough guy. 
Um, and he's playing good hockey. He's not the sexiest player. He's not, he doesn't, when you watch him play, it's not like you're entertained, but he's getting it done there at Calgary. He's kind of found his niche there and, and good on him. And here he was terrible, let's be honest. But yeah, that first year, James Neal scored, well, he would have scored 20 if it wasn't for the, the COVID shortened season. And yeah, but now Neal's on waivers heading to the minors. So you got to say Calgary because he's still a part of that team and he's producing got 13 points, eight goals, five assists in a third-line role. And, uh, yeah, I mean, nothing against Milan Lucci. It just didn't work out here. The team was bad. Uh, we still don't know what happened outside of that first year when they had the, the playoffs run. But, and and because, like, when's the last time the Oilers won a trade? <laughs> like, I... I um, that was, I was a follow-up of, question. I was thinking of... Uh, I, I, I mean, Patty Maroon, maybe? Like, uh, for Ron, for Payarvi. I mean, like, seriously, though, like, when's the last time the Oilers won a trade? Like, I mean, you were like, yes, that was a hell of a trade by the Oilers. Uh, because it's, I, I, I can't think of uh, any other ones than Maroon and Perron. No, and Patrick Maroon was the last one I got to. Uh, that was for Marty Gurnett and a fourth round pick yeah. in the 2016 draft. That, that was the one that came to mind for me. Um, you know, you, you go back. That was six years ago. Like that, they haven't won a trade in six years, which is absolutely astonishing. Uh, earlier on in 2015, they did acquire Zach Cassian for Ben Scrivens. So, okay, yeah, I, I would I throw that in as a win. But even when that happened, I, I and I, I'll admit, I changed my tune in about eight hours. But I didn't like the deal at the night before. Then I woke up and I thought, hey, short leash, only high upside. This could work out well. Yeah. Um, I don't know, Travis Awanek for Eric Griba. I guess that would have been a win for the Oilers. They got an NHL player from that one. But sure. it was just like like that. We're, we're going back six years that the Oilers have clear-cut won a trade. Um, yeah. And I, I guess, you know, looking at it right now, if you want to talk about just a pure hockey trade, maybe Ethan Bear and Warren Fogle work out. But I, I'm still leaning that the Carolina Hurricanes won that trade. No, yeah. Carolina wanted it. Like it's, it's not even close. It's just bad. It's uh, yeah. oh, Mark Latestu for Pontus Aberg. Yeah, like I mean, it's <laughs> it's bad, man. And this is not. I mean, well, this team's on Holland because this is who he went out and, and signed, and 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 that's what frustrates me. This team needs all the money they can get, and yet you gave Ryan two years. And I remember I went on Twitter the day he signed, and I got chirped hardcore. They're like. Say, oh, you're going to die on oh, no. I was like, okay, fair enough. But Derek Ryan hasn't worked out for the Oilers. But now you're stuck with him for over a million next year, right? Same thing with Kyle Turris, right? And a million is a million, Connor. Oh, yeah. A million yeah. is a million. You saw play the cuckoo to two years. Why? And now he's like, well, the players and their agent wanted two years. Well, then walk away. Like, I feel like Ken Holland's just like, okay, I'll give you guys what you want. Like, it's it's... Beyond ridiculous how much this team shoots themselves in the foot. And next year, they have no money. And everybody's like, well, Koskinen's off the book. Yeah. But Darnell Nurse's monster contract comes in. That's like, a they, good point. They might have $7 million next year, and you got to find a goalie. And you got to sign Jessica Yarvi and Yamamoto if you want to sign both. And you got to upgrade your team. I mean, you can't keep going with the same defense and forward group. So, like, this team is in, in, in some sort of trouble. And, you know, in the off season, it's like I wasn't too impressed with what Holland did, but I was being called negative, and I said, okay, I'm going to give him a chance. Screw it. 
ten years positive, and then you get church. So I don't even know what's going on with this corner. Like, and one thing is clear: this is not very good. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's funny you say that. Like, I was just brought up Cap Friendly here. Uh, great website for all your contract uh, questions. And, yeah, Miko Koskinen clears. Yeah, you're excited. $4.5 million off the books. But then Darnell Nurse's deal goes from 5.6 to $9.25 million. So there's a good chunk of it going right away to that one. You mentioned Slater Cuckoo. Um, a, a, a small one, but Devin Shore is another guy you're on the books for next year, and of course you can bury him in the minors if someone replaces him, but we know that uh, Coach Tippett is a fan of his. Uh, Mike Smith, another year at $2.2 million. It's, uh, yeah, it's not, it's, it's not it's, ideal. And now people are like, but guys, you're talking about money. Yeah, but if you add it up, I mean, you're, you're, it's about $2.5 million there with those three players you just mentioned. You don't think the owners can use $2.5 million right now? Oh yeah, I mean, hey, that that's sweetener, right? Like, hey, we'll yeah. we'll pay you an extra mil. It's a little much, but come our way. And then, no, you actually can't do that because you gave it to other people. Uh, there was a lot of people that questioned Dave Hall, or sorry, no, <laughs> just combine the Dave two. Holland. Dave yeah. Holland, yeah. Well, well, I mean, well. They, they've both been questioning their time here, but a lot of people questioning Ken Holland's moves this off season. I I remember saying like, okay, like let's let's not bury him on the Devin Shore one. It's an easy one to hide, but uh, I mean, their point being that if he does this one, what else will he do? And uh, uh, I think right now criticism is extremely fair uh, for the Oilers management right now, and you know. I don't what, did, even, what did you make of, of Dave Tippett today being asked about being fired? And, and he gave you the cliche answer, like, I don't worry about that stuff. I'm too old. And he goes, plus, Kenny Holland's a good guy. Like, that was like, what the hell does that mean? I don't know. I Well, Ken Holland's never fired a coach <laughs> midseason. And maybe oh. he gave him that assurance. You're not going anywhere. Fix it. Um, I don't know. If we fire you, it's going to be more of a setback than anything. I don't know. I, I wouldn't like to hear that. I, I think job security can be a great motivator. And... uh you know, if the rumors trickle in and, and Dave Tippett's feeling a little bit, or maybe his players are hearing about it and they like their coach, maybe they ramp it up just a little bit. But yeah, he he kind of gave the answer that would indicate that he doesn't have any fear about being fired. No, no, and that's what I took from it. It was pretty much saying like, "Yeah, I'm good." Like Kenny Holland told me I'm not going anywhere. Uh, but I mean. <laughs> I mean, if his players want to step up for him and, and secure his job, then they haven't been showing it because they've been awful, Connor. And I, I don't believe players play play crappy, fire a coach. I, I I generally think they're trying, but I just I just think the want of this team is just not there. It's not at that level of the best teams in the league. Like the. Washington, Tampa Bay, if they were in this kind of stretch, they'd be doing something about it. Players only mean, I don't know if those words maybe are, I'd be mucking it up. I'd be doing something to change. And it seems the others just stay the same. It's like, no, we're good, man. We'll, we'll get out of this. Like Darnell Nurse a few games ago, every team goes through this. So I'm like, well, yeah, bad teams. I don't see any of the top teams in the NHL losing uh, 10 out of 12. Oh, so no. it's, it's just the way they are. It's just that they're okay with everything. Like they're never pissed off. Yeah, exactly. And 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 that's it. Yeah, NHL teams go through losses. Uh, let's look at the Tampa Bay Lightning. I mean, they got whooped by the Panthers nine uh, three. Then they lost to the Rangers back to back games. Well, how have they responded tonight, Hernan? As we tape this conversation, they're beating Columbus five two. So they, 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 yeah, NHL teams go through it. You lose a couple games, but you yeah. don't lose ten out of twelve. 
Uh, yeah, good teams don't do that. Bad teams certainly do. And 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 not and not just lose Connor, but show no interest. Yeah, like, just just kind of go through the motions and be like, yeah, we're fine. We'll, just, we'll get ready for next game. And I don't care if they were in overtime. Like the New Jersey game, yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, they got a favorable call. Uh, let's call it how it is. They the refs screwed uh, the goal ahead, hopefully orders up, and they got lucky. But then obviously the hockey guys repaid the devil. And it's the Islanders. I mean, do you remember that third period? What did they have? One or two shots? Yeah. And the overtime was atrocious. I mean, good. Leon Dreisaitl was also, I think, for the whole thing, and he was dead tired, and he didn't care. He kept staying out there. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I He, to me, just looks like a guy with no confidence right now. Like I, I, I don't know what it is. Jeez, he'll he'll probably bounce back and score a couple against the Maple Leafs. But like, uh, you know, you you see him on the power play from his spot, and he you know, he missed one in the last couple games, and like the shoulders just drop. And um, man, that that he he it's funny because you know lead or second in the league in scoring, you can't be too critical of him, but. Uh, you'd love to see something, right? Whether it is, you know, the grumpy German taking a hack at somebody or scoring one of his, uh, his goals from, from down low and in tight. Something just to get him back on track. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, anything. And, and listen, the Oilers have 18 wins mostly because of dry style on McDavid. So it's always hard to be harsh on those guys. Yeah. But I, I mean, when the team's this bad, it's, everybody's got to improve. And, and, and McDavid and Dreisaitl will come back down to earth. I mean, we all expected it. I didn't think it would last this long, but they need something. They need a kick in the pants. And, and Nuge being out, despite him not only having three goals, he's still a big part of the team. He plays in every situation, so he's obviously a big mess. But take advantage of guys that are going. Like, Tyler Benson's playing his best hockey in the NHL. Ryan McConnell the same. Like, give them the bump. These guys want to show. These guys actually want because they're playing for jobs. Like, you know, put Devin Shore in the top six and Warren Fogel, like, you know what those guys are, and they're not going to score more often than not. They're not. So give young guys that are actually playing with hard and actually producing for you lately, give them a look. And I'm not the biggest Tyler Benson guy, but at least he's one guy, Connor, so far in the last or so when the others have played that shows that he's actually working and trying to do something. Yeah, man. And you know what? Just with Benson on that topic, like you, you drafted him basically a first round pick, right? Like really high in the second round, yeah. not to be a bottom six guy. Not this early in his career. I mean, where did he have success playing with the Condors? Top line. No, yeah. not saying he's a top six player in the NHL, but you got to give him an opportunity. Put him with some skill and see what happens. Don't always just pencil him down there on that third line. And you know what? I I think he's a smart kid. Like, he gets it. He he does yeah. those little things that he has to to stay in the lineup. But, um, I mean, he showcased some skill on that pass to McLeod. He'd like to see him get more opportunities and, yeah, maybe see Dave Tippett. Uh, give, give guys, put them in a situation where they can actually play to their strengths, right? Yeah. Oh, 100%. And, I mean, no one, nothing's else working, so why not give these guys a look? Like, if... I mean, Alini was playing good against before the Christmas break, but you keep throwing out Turris, who brings nothing. Not, you know, I'm shocked he's playing. And I'm not saying Polini's knocking out the card, but at least he's coming off a couple of goals and playing some good hockey. But it's, it's, yeah, I don't, I mean, it's, the roster's not the sexiest, Connor, so it's, it is what it is. Um, but I, I would definitely be giving Benson McLeod more looks tomorrow. 
Oh yeah, and they're going to, and they're going to without <laughs> Connor McDavid, right? Yeah, without McDavid and Ryan, uh, more ice time for everyone. Uh, Hernan, give me a prediction. What do you think happens on uh, Wednesday when the Oilers roll into Toronto? And something tells me just the way things are going for the Oilers, I think Austin Matthews gets back into the lineup. Uh, I, I, you know what? We everybody because they're going to be without Connor. Obviously, everybody thinks it's going to be a shellac. And I don't. I still think they lose, but I think they're competitive. And I'm going to go to Ronald three two in this one. That would uh, that would be a step in the right direction, Hernan. Uh, thanks so much for doing this. Really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Anytime. Great stuff from Hernan Salas of TSN twelve sixty, the Locked On Oilers podcast. Two guys in the goalie. Make sure to give him a follow on Twitter at Hernan Demand. And that's going to wrap it up for another edition of the Other Connor Podcast. I want to thank you guys all so much for tuning into the show today. I really do appreciate it. Uh, you can give me a follow on Twitter at Connor Halley. Quick shout out to our sponsor, DraftKings. Make sure to sign up today. Use promo code THPN. You can have a lot of fun with that, as well as the fine folks over at the Hockey Podcast Network for the Edmonton Oilers. Next action Wednesday night as they take on the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's a 5 o'clock puck drop. If you're in the Edmonton region and you want to hear some pregame coverage, TSN 1260 starting at 4 o'clock. After that, the Oilers will be off until Monday the 10th when they take on the Ottawa Senators. Then they get another extended break until they take on the Chicago Blackhawks on Tuesday, January 18th. So uh, only two games in a couple weeks. It'll be very interesting to see what happens with the Edmonton Oilers. I think a lot of that might hinge on the performance that we see from the team on a Wednesday night out in Toronto, but uh, we'll try to keep you up to date as much as we can here on the Other Connor Podcast. My name is Connor Howley. Give me a follow on Twitter, at Connor Howley, and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Other Connor Podcast. New shows drop every Tuesday and Friday wherever you get your podcasts from.